Hey, Lance, do you know Gilbert and Sullivan? What comic did they make? No, no, they wrote a lot of light operas, like the Pirates of Penzance. Uh, yeah, no clue. So, well, I wrote a little something for our episode today in the style of Gilbert and Sullivan. So here goes. He's thoroughly Kryptonian, but megalomaniacal. The methods of his military victories despicable. The Man of Steel will battle him with powers quite relatable. He likes it when you kneel before him, humbleness achievable. He tried to overthrow the council more than hypothetical, but banished to the Phantom Zone with greatness unattainable. So how on earth will he return to DC continuity? Well, um, just listen to our episode, it's actually quite explainable. He's thoroughly Kryptonian, but megalomaniacal. The methods of his military victory is detestable. Get ready for the episode, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Zod is the very model of an evil Krypton general. Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, we're talking about General Zod. Bow. Yes. No, Neil. It's Neil. Neil no, before no, Zod. <laughs> we're going to have a whole thing about Neil. Neil before Zod. And I'm sure that somebody's done this joke, but like... <laughs> I always think about Neil before Zod and you pans over like, I'm Neil. <laughs> my name's my name's Neil. I go, I go before Zod. Yeah, I can I can be before Zod. So General Zod is a classic Superman villain, and we haven't done a DC villain in a while. So uh, we decided to uh, focus on Zod because he is maybe one of the main villains in the upcoming Flash movie, which is weird because he was in the previous Man of Steel movie and then now he's somehow back because he died so you know shenanigans uh but we're we're focusing on zod he's been around for a long time he's a fun superman villain and has had some classic portrayals over the years in tv and film so we're gonna get into it General Zod is a supervillain appearing in DC Comics, commonly known as an adversary of Superman. Zod was created by Robert Bernstein and initially designed by George Papp. As a Kryptonian, he exhibits the same powers and abilities as Superman and is consequently viewed as one of his greatest enemies. He is also well known for his famous catchphrase, Kneel before Zod! Zod first appeared in Adventure Comics issue 283 in April of 1961, during the Silver Age of Comics. He was originally portrayed as a bald, middle-aged, clean-shaven, and slightly overweight megalomaniac. (laughs) Now, Zod has mostly appeared in Action Comics, but more recently has also shown up in Suicide Squad and the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, like a lot of villains that we've talked about previously, he's undergone several reinventions and because it's DC, he's undergone uh, several costume changes as well over the years. And there have been many different versions of him because multiverse. And he's also, you know, it, there was a large period of time where he just wasn't around. Uh, in fact, it's kind of weird. And we'll talk about the movie later. But like he's only showed up really like a couple of times, very rarely, and was somehow made the main villain of the second movie, which is just kind of odd that he was the choice for that. 
Zod is a military general on planet Krypton with little respect for the Kryptonian Council. So he tries to overthrow the Council with a military force. A coup, if you will. Yes, uh, but he's stopped and banished to the Phantom Zone. There's been several different retellings of that, but that's generally the the thing. You know, he's he's he he tries to overthrow the government and they're like, no, no, you're bad. And uh, he's banished to the Phantom Zone. So uh, with all of his cronies and everything. And then Krypton is destroyed. You know, it, it's bad news for Krypton. And Zod is still around in the Phantom Zone. Somehow he escapes. Sometimes it's because Kal-El lets him out in the original Superboy uh uh, comics um you know he's he's released by kal-el he's like oh another kryptonian and, and other retellings he's he's brought in from an alternate universe or something like that uh after the first crisis on infinite earths and john burns retelling of superman story it became an editorial mandate that kal-el be the only surviving kryptonian so characters like supergirl and crypto had to have new origins that didn't involve krypton Zod couldn't therefore be Kryptonian either, but his Terrence Stamp-fueled appearances in the movies made him a fan favorite. And so we get to enjoy decades of alternate Zods. That's right. Zods from pocket timelines and pocket universes. And in one particular case that could only occur in comics, a character that was actually a mutant human from Russia that was empowered by red sun energy and wore an armored costume covered in spikes. And I'm reading that from uh, th- that's kind of word for word, a little description from uh, the DC continuity project. That's such a weird stipulation that they're like, you know what, Superman, the only Kryptonian, that's all we want. No other people can be Kryptonians. That's, that's random. I, I mean, I guess I get it from a empathy standpoint, like you're the, he's the last one left. And he, uh, if, if we kept on, putting in these other Kryptonians, like it sort of waters down the, the power and the impact of having this one person with it, you know, but I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting. And I think eventually they realize that's silly. Yeah. It's a real wet blanket when there's only three people of a race versus one. Yeah. <laughs> An entire planet. Yeah. Uh, as part of the DC rebirth relaunch, General Zod is once again imprisoned within the Phantom Zone. He is trapped within the boundaries of the Black Vault, a secret facility hidden inside the Lamp TC. And Amanda Waller sends the Suicide Squad to steal the contents of the Black Vault and bring them in. But in unlocking the previously hermetically sealed area, they unwittingly allow Zod to tear open the now unstable link between Earth and the Phantom Zone. Uh, Stuff goes down and then because it's Amanda Waller, she attempts to recruit Zod by implanting a kryptonite explosive in his head. <laughs> Amanda oh, Waller's gosh. got too many of these explosive <laughs> devices for people's heads. That, that's her, that's her, uh, her, that's her secret weapon is just like, I'm just going to put an explosive in your head. Um, but he finally proves too dangerous when he uses a mirror and his heat vision to literally cut the bomb out of his own skull, <laughs> forcing Rick Flagg to sacrifice himself to seal the Phantom Zone before Zod can release his army. I'm I'm curious about I'm curious about one thing. Yes. Because in the Reign of the Supermen storyline, we get yes. we do see the cyborg Superman do the same thing. It like cuts doesn't it cut out a piece of kryptonite from its own head i think so and then so i'm curious if that happens in that storyline or does this happen way earlier no idea 
Great. Well, but I will say, so soon after that, according to Wikipedia, uh, he manages to retrieve his family from the Phantom Zone while fighting alongside the Superman Revenge Squad, including Cyborg Superman, Eradicator, Mongol, and Metallo, and escapes Earth to reestablish himself as a dictator on another planet with his family. He nearly kills Hal Jordan when the Green Lantern Corps discover his presence on the planet before both sides are forced to withdraw and recuperate. And that's kind of bringing you up to date on Zod in the comics. Well, let's learn a little bit more about this character. Names and aliases include General Zod and Drew Zod. Not going to lie, had no idea his first name was Drew. Did you know that? D-R-U, Drew Zod. Drew Zod. Yeah. Good old Drew. Affiliations include the Kryptonian Military Guard, Superman Revenge Squad, and the Suicide Squad. Supporting characters include Nan, Ursa, Fiora Ol, Jax Ol, and Quex Ol. He's just uh, reining in all the Ols to help him out. Yeah. Antagonists are, of course, Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, the Justice League, and most, just like every other major supervillain in DC, it's every single superhero in DC that's really an antagonist, but those were are his main antagonists. Powers and abilities. Now, this is going to seem very familiar because it's when he's enhanced by the powers that give Superman his powers, you know, he, he's going to have the same kind of thing. So superhuman strength, stamina, endurance, speed, agility, reflexes, intelligence, longevity, and hearing, solar radiation absorption, enhanced vision, infrared vision, EM spectrum vision, microscopic vision, telescopic vision, lots of vision things, X-ray vision, invulnerability, ice and wind breath, heat vision, flight. But here's where it differs a little bit from Superman. He has military mastery and an indomitable will. So where Superman might have just all these powers, he doesn't necessarily have strategic command sense, whereas Zod has years of experience and frankly, a uh, tenacity to win at any cost. And that makes him very dangerous when going up against the Man of Steel. Yeah, especially when you can have like military combat training. Imagine being an extremely skilled fighter and then you add the strength of Superman to that. Mm -hmm. This is pretty dangerous. In addition to that, uh, one other thing I'll add on there is that a lot of his lieutenants and people that follow him, they're all kind of trained very methodically and seeing himself as like the leader of all these people, he makes sure that they are well-honed and well-trained in hand-to-hand combat. It's kind of mentioned that all of his followers have to meet a certain sort of physical fighting requirement and be able to like uh, just be very deadly, essentially. So that's so he, it's a mark of a good general. You know, you keep, keep people on their um, at their top peak, you know. Yeah, so what you're saying is he beats the crap out of them until they're good <laughs> enough to not allegedly, be beaten so badly. Allegedly beating the crap out of them. Okay, General Zod allegedly beating the crap out of his <laughs> partner since 1963. All right. Now that we've learned more about General Zod, let's jump over to his creators. For that, let's go into the archives. General Zod was created by writer Robert Bernstein and artist George Papp. In addition to being a comic book writer, Robert Bernstein, a.k.a. R. Burns, was a playwright, Concert impresario, which means he was a person who organizes and finances concerts, plays, and operas. 
as well as being a founder of the Island Concert Hall recital series on Long Island. I bet they did some Gilbert and Sullivan. I guarantee they did. (laughs) I realized after you sang that song that I have heard that type of music before, but had no idea what it was called. Bernstein would go uncredited for much of his work, like most creators in comics during the 1940s, with belated credit in modern reprints of his work. His first confirmable work was Ghoul's Gold, a six-page story in Lev Gleason's Crime Does Not Pay, issue 43 in January of 1946. Crime does not pay! Nope, and he probably didn't get paid much for that story either. (laughs) Yeah, comics didn't pay much, yeah. Other early works include stories for Spark Publications, Fawcett Comics, and DC Comics. For Atlas Comics, Marvel's predecessor, Bernstein wrote war comics and several Western stories featuring the Black Rider. Bernstein's first confirmed Superman story was The Oldest Man in Metropolis in Action Comics 251 in April of 1959. He worked on a variety of Superman-related titles and, alongside artist Ramona Fraden, reintroduced the Golden Age hero Aquaman in Adventure Comics 269 in February of 1960, reestablishing the character's origin and mythos. That's kind of big. Like, So this guy uh, brought back Aquaman. Like, If he hadn't have done that, like Aquaman might not have been as cool as he is <laughs> yeah as or cool as like, Aquaman at least, can be i mean at least you know giving him the chance to come back and and have and eventually become jason momoa i mean like you have to have those little baby steps you do i actually really like aquaman he gets crapped on a lot yeah. i he's yeah. a great character bernstein also co-created various characters including dc's Congorilla, as well as other aquaman related characters including aqualad the garth version Aqua Girl, Lisa Morell iteration, as well as Archie Comics' The Jaguar. Let's switch over to our artist, George Edward Papp. Papp began his comic book career with features in early Superman-related titles. His first featured works include Pep Morgan and Clip Carson for Action Comics. Papp worked primarily for DC, however, other works include Columbia Comics and Harvey Comics. He co-created Congo Bill with writer Whitney Ellsworth in More Fun Comics 56 in 1940. As a side note, More Fun Comics was the very first publication by the company that would later become DC Comics. Hmm. The following year, Pap co-created one of DC's more prominent heroes, Oliver Queen, a.k.a. Green Arrow, with writer Mort Weisinger in More Fun Comics 73 in November 1941. So More Fun Comics just pumping out these hits. Well, I mean, that's that's huge that uh, Pap created a uh, Green Arrow. I mean, that's I'm sure if we ever do a Green Arrow thing, we'll we'll go into that a little bit more. But that's that's really big. I don't ever think of Oliver Queen being that old of a character. But geez, 1941. Yeah, 1941. I, I looked at the cover for this book and it's just if I remember correctly, it he's like on the side of like a building and there's like the bad guys or whoever the antagonists were kind of hiding around the corner of a building it's just it's just funny i it just made me laugh when i saw the cover think about what happened in december of 1941 pearl harbor was attacked so this this new hero comes out you know green arrow uh and i know this is a general zod issue but you know we're, we're segueing a little bit so but then the next month everything changes we go to war we're attacked i just i i have this alternate timeline of like if they hadn't finished this comic, maybe Green Arrow wouldn't have ever, ever come out because like everything changed. There was they changed to war comics. The the heroes 
started becoming like more focused on defeating, you know, the Nazis and everything like that. It just, it's really interesting. Like that can have gone unseen by, or unlike affected. It, it definitely affected the comics industry. Yeah. It also affected Pat because he actually would put a pause on his comic book career and join the U S army during world go. war two. Yeah. He returned to comics in 1946, drawing the Green Arrow feature in Adventure Comics and World Finest Comics until 1958. 12 oh, wow. years. 12 years doing Green Arrow features in these books. Pap also co-created the Superman villain Bizarro in Superboy 68 in October of 1957 alongside legendary writer Otto Bender. Pap teamed up with Bernstein for Adventure Comics 283, releasing in April of 1961, co-creating one of the most iconic Superman villains of all time, General Zod, as well as introducing the regularly utilized Phantom Zone. Not only did we get Zod, but we also got the Phantom Zone brought in the exact same issue. And that's that's wild. I mean, it's one of those, you know, MacGuffins that like like so many writers will use. It's like, oh, the Phantom Zone. It's kind of like in Marvel, how they talk about the negative zone or you know, and, and just, I mean, in any comics, there's always like this underground, it's the upside down, right. Of the, of the DC universe. It's basically like, we're going to trap you in this pocket dimension. That is funny. There was actually a mini series that I didn't really, Zod shows up a little bit kind of in a ghostly kind of way, but it's called the phantom zone. And it was done in like the early eighties. And it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of interesting because it shows how, Back on Krypton, they're like, hey, we can put in our criminals in this. Cool. Watches my I put my wife in there. She's totally fine. And she like waves. <laughs> and then she comes back. She's like, see, it's normal. And, and she's not hurt and they don't have to eat. Or, and it's it's like this weird like infomercial that they're giving to the Kryptonian council. <laughs> kind of showing like comic readers like nothing happens to them. They're not tortured. But, you know. That's just, that was just like a one, it was a weird comic. <laughs> that sounds pretty weird. Speaking yeah. of comics, what would be your reading suggestion for someone that's trying to get into uh, some general Zod goodness? Yes, the pull list. So um, the one that I I read a couple different things, uh, including that weird one. But um, the one I'm going to recommend that I think is just really interesting to to find out some more insight into General Zod is actually actually during the New Fifty Two, there was a a series in the New Fifty Two where they all of the titles changed to focus on villains, and I forget if there was if that was called something, but um, but for Zod, it was Action Comics 23.2. They actually had like 23.2 and 0.3 and point whatever. I'm not sure why, but uh, I think because they, they all came out at the same time. And it was written by Greg Pak and art by Ken Lashley. And it, it's the Great origins. The, yeah, it's it, the art is fantastic. And it's really interesting because it's the, basically the origin story of Zod in the New 52. Since then, it's you know, it's been changed again, but this is, I really like this version because it's kind of shows how he came to power and it jumps from his kind of major points, um, and why he has this desire for conquest. And I think some things have been rehashed after the new 52 with rebirth and everything. Uh, so there's this race called the char, which are like these, these 
alien beings, these kind of monster beasts. And Zod's parents are also scientists, and they bring him to this other planet outside of Krypton where they're studying the char. And Zod has one as a pet, but then one of them gets free and they all start mutating and going crazy. And they essentially like uh, the char starts attacking the mother and and the dad runs with Zod. He's like, no, she's already lost. Go there. We have a chance to survive while she's being eaten. (laughs) And then another one comes after her, uh, comes after uh, him and his dad and Zod takes a stick or something and stabs his dad in the eye and runs as his dad is being eaten. <laughs> like, that's cold. Oh. Like, and he's like 11. He's 11 years old. And he's like, oh, OK, good. Good advice, dad. Stab. Um, and then later we see a rescue force or a scientist squad or something like that from Krypton come to this planet and they see Zod, who's like basically a wild child. You know, and it's Jor-El who actually rescues him, um, a young Jor-El, and says, hey, oh, you're the son of this friend scientist. And they become good friends over time. And then as he grows up, it kind of shows him later as like the the military leader and why he has this hatred for the Char, uh, who now as a military leader, he's trying to destroy this entire race of of these aliens. And he basically why he lies and eventually gets banished is because he's manipulating the council and saying that, um, you know, the char did these bad things. And then eventually he's found out. Um, so a lot of similarities with like, you know, (laughs) modern leaders lying about stuff and then, you know, having getting caught and it's interesting. Zod just gaslighting those char. It's messed up. Yeah, he really is. So, but he got caught. Good. It's not. It's nice when when the people that lie get caught. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my reading recommendation is going to be Superman: Last Son of Krypton, or sometimes when it's printed, it's called The Last Son. Written by Jeff Johns, a prolific writer for DC Comics and but like just comic book creator in general, as well as co-written by Richard Donner who Mm. is the director for the uh, Superman films from the seventies. So very cool to bring that in. And, and lethal weapon, uh, which is one of my favorite eighties movies. Um, Yeah. Richard Donner is an amazing director. um, And it's, and for him to have like co-wrote this comic, like 20 something years later uh, is, is crazy. It's so cool. Uh, and then a couple of the artists that were on this book it were Adam Kubert and Gary Frank. And there was there was like a host of other there was there was one other artist and there was another whole bunch of lists of colors and multiple people working on this book. And the story revolves around a Kryptonian spaceship landing on Earth. Superman finds it. There is a young Kryptonian inside of the ship. So what in the world is going on? How did there how is there another Kryptonian just now arriving on Earth? And you get Kal-El and uh, or you get Clark and Lois starting to raise this child, just like how Jonathan and Martha Kent had raised Kal-El or Clark. So now we get this new iteration and Clark wants to know, like, how the heck did you guys do this? He's like a super powered kid. How do you deal with all this stuff? Uh, 
And it's it's just a very heartwarming story. You get involvement with Zod. Zod becomes obsessed of getting a hold of this young Kryptonian. Zod's able to break out of the Phantom Zone with Ursa and Nan. And this the story just revolves around multiple people kind of wanting to get their hands on this young Kryptonian because of how powerful he is to either spread influence or get them to do their bidding. So Lex Luthor is involved as well. But there, there's really interesting twists that happens and how Zod was able to escape. And the the ending is – I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I just loved it. I'm a sucker for those like bittersweet stories, and this is one of those. So yeah. if you are a fan of just seeing Superman wanting to be a good dad <laughs> for, for an adopted child, essentially, this is definitely a story to check out. I had a blast reading this book. And you also nice. get a very good recap of Zod's origin told by uh, Jor-El while Zod has broken into the Fortress of Solitude. So you get this back history. And it's, I mean, it's the yeah. arts by Adam Kubert and Gary Frank. Like, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, that's that's probably a really probably the best one in terms of just like really focusing on Zod and mon- modern continuity. However, that was right before the new 52, which kind of wiped all that. out. So. Yeah, <laughs> which unfortunately was like, oh, wait, but then I, I don't think, read DC. I, the try. main thing about the main thing about Zod is they 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 in whatever retelling of it, it's like he was a bad dude. He's a military general. He got banished, He comes back somehow. And then he causes a lot of crap for Superman. So, yeah, I don't I don't read DC comics trying to maintain any form of continuity whatsoever. (laughs) I just want to find good stories. And this book was one of them. Uh, And also staying along those same lines of comics. Chris, do you have a grail find for Zod? Okay, neither do I. I. So let's jump straight to uh, random facts. So uh, hit me with those. Hit me with those. I did find a lot of random facts for Zod, and there's some interesting ones. Uh, In one of the modern reimaginings of Zod's origin, he was the son of two Russian cosmonauts. They were subjected to kryptonite radiation, which was passed on to their son. On that same line, there have been five different versions of Zod. We mentioned earlier that there was a while where Superman could be the only surviving Kryptonian, so they had to be creative in how they brought in Zods. So there was a Russian version. There was one from a pocket dimension. There was one from the Phantom Zone, and there was one version that was uh, created by Brainiac. I need to read the Brainiac Zod story right now. <laughs> yeah. He was like cloned from an alternate dimension or something like that. Uh, you know, weird, weird stuff. Uh, Zod's ship in the movie Man of Steel was called the Black Zero. This was a reference to a criminal organization in the comics, a Kryptonian terrorist group responsible for creating a dangerous virus. Hmm. During the Silver Age, Zod created once an army of robots that loosely resembled himself, kind of like a bizarro version of Zod, in an effort to overthrow Krypton. In the modern retelling of Zod's origin, an orphaned Zod was rescued by Jor-El, which I just mentioned. And then this is interesting for the movies. For Man of Steel, the Michael Shannon role, originally Viggo Mortensen and Daniel Day-Lewis were considered for the role of General Zod. I I would be so weird for Daniel Day Lewis to play Zod, like that. That's real weird. Uh, and after like with Viggo Mortensen, that would have just been hard to see, just because. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't see him as anyone else except for, um, Aragorn. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't see him as anyone else except for Aragorn. At that point in time, for sure. You are the one they call president? I am. I see you are practiced in worshipping things that fly. Good. Rise before Zod. No. Kneel before Zod. Adaptations. So we're going to briefly go through some different adaptations and appearances that Zod has made. Um, The big one and probably the most notable is from Superman, the movie, and he was in Superman, the movie. He was in uh, I think originally it was cut, but then in the full version of Superman, the movie, he was at the very beginning with Ursa and Nan in the sentencing council chamber where they kind of said, "Okay, you guys are gone. And then he never comes back. It's very strange. But then later in Superman 2, he comes back. And the reason for this was, I think, is Richard Donner originally planned this big, epic, long movie. And the producers, Warner Brothers, were like, no, no. We just we just want to have a shorter Superman movie. (laughs) And and that's why Superman one and two like flowed really well, because it was originally going to be this whole like three, four hour movie or something like that. And uh, and and that's why it's that's why you see Zod at the beginning of of the extended cut or whatever the original movie. So it re- so it really shouldn't even be Superman and Superman two. It should just be Superman part one, Superman part two. Yeah, kind of. So, but Terrence Stamp is the one who portrays Zod uh, very famously with a very revealing hairy chest, low cut V neck of the seventies. Uh, it's it's very, very like silk, very David Bowie not very generally but it's very like kind of i'm very confident in my manhood sort of uh look portrayed as very haughty and and arrogant and like um you know i don't understand i don't understand who these humans are we're we're definitely better than them um he was the magneto of his time if you will and he is famous for his line come to me son of jor-el kneel before zod and that line we're going to talk about a little bit later. But let's move on to Man of Steel. I love Man, Man of Steel. Steel. Yes, okay, I you talk about Man of Steel. Steel. I, I yes. have a little rant that I read, but, but or that I wrote, but, you know, you can. Of course. Yeah. So Zack Snyder directed the 2013 film Man of Steel, where we get the introduction of Henry Cavill playing the character of Superman, as well as getting Michael Shannon's portrayal of Zod. Uh, and I am a like unabashedly big fan of this movie. I understand it is not the Superman that a lot of people want, like the happy, like go lucky version of Superman, the, like the true hope it it is, it is like dour. It is watered down. The colors are muted. And I get why people of like fans of Superman might not have loved this movie as much, but it hit, really well for me because I also like alt storylines. So getting a Superman that is a little bit different, I did really enjoy. And Henry Cavill is fantastic in this role. Uh, But 
Michael Shannon absolutely crushes the role of General Zod in this movie. The the line delivery that he gives, the, the I will find him, could not mm-hmm. have been delivered, I feel like, by many actors and come across as menacing because just the way he delivered it, it it, it was so like emotion-driven. And he was that character in that moment, and it just yeah. hit really hard. And I will say that the way they portrayed the powers of Kryptonians in this movie was so good. The way they showed their speed is what made me realize, oh, they can do a Flash movie now because this is the way the Flash should be moving with like how yeah. quick and rapid. But again, massive fan of Man of Steel. I I need to rewatch it again soon. But oh, I loved this movie. I watched a little bit in preparation for the show and uh, for this episode and uh it's it's he does a great job michael shannon really uh nails the part of zod and i like it's a complete reimagining of what we had before from terrence stamp from the 80s version uh i like that he's decked out in sort of this alien armor you know big neck wear and you know he's very imposing like that's that's really cool and like all of his uh, lieutenants and you know i like how at first he has this mask that's kind of makes him look yeah. even scarier looking and and when he kind of takes over the airways of basically the entire earth and communicates like i'm in charge now to bring me this this imposter that's been on your planet i need him and also uh, uh we're gonna destroy the world <laughs> so i mean it's very <laughs> like okay like we're, we're on board general's odd cool and um yeah, I mean, he's he's generally, you know, a general, uh, generally very imposing. And, um, and, it, and at no point I was like, OK, no, this is this is definitely a good foil for him. I have other opinions on the, the movie as a whole, but I, I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Uh, and I think Michael Shannon does a great job. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again and Are what you- they do with him in the in the Flash movie, because I think he's definitely an imposing figure and, and people. I think Zod got got kind of a a little, you know, I was disappointed in how they wrapped things up uh, with Zod in Man of Steel with the fight between him and uh, Kal-El. But I don't know. That's a maybe that's a rant for another. You don't like you don't like the night, the neck breaking, Chris. I don't like the neck breaking, but more specifically, I don't like that they destroyed metropolis with right. their fighting I, th- yeah. there's a moment in cartoons and comics where it's like let's get out of here like let's save the population and clark maybe because he was just new at it was like let's destroy the city <laughs> <laughs> and not and basically not save anything and, and but i do like how in what is it batman v superman one of the few things I like about this movie when it shows Bruce Wayne watching these buildings be destroyed in Gotham, mm-hmm. because of course he's in Gotham at the time and he's trying to say things and he's so pissed off because yep. Superman was basically destroying everything. I was like, yes, that's how I feel. Ben Affleck. <laughs> like I feel that way too. I'm pissed off that he destroyed all these buildings. He's a, he's a hero and he didn't like think, Oh, maybe we should go out in the country or something like this is a bad idea, but no, yeah, that's a that's a rant we can go into. But we liked Michael Shannon, so yes, we liked Michael Shannon, <laughs> yeah, even though it sounds like he has a, a wad of big league chew in his mouth the whole time. But but if we like Michael Shannon, it was great flavored. 
<laughs> I, I tell me where he is. Uh, okay. Uh, he, <laughs> that's what he sounds like. Uh, he was in the Superman animated series from Ruby Spears, and he kind of showed up like a brown outfit general. Uh, he was not in Superman the animated series, strangely enough, but he did show up later in the Superman Adventures comic book based on the cartoon. He was kind of in Smallville in the uh, in the fifth and sixth season. He was kind of heralded as coming and you saw people heralding the coming of Zod. And it was this big thing like, ooh, Zod's coming. And eventually he's released from the Phantom Zone by Clark and uh, Brainiac, the person, the human embodiment of Brainiac, who releases the spirit of Zod and he takes over Lex Luthor's body. And basically Lex Luthor has the power of Zod. And then later uh, he's, we see uh, an actor play Zod in like season nine or something when there's a flashback of uh, Zod and Jor-El and how they're kind of like, Hey, we're friends, but yeah, you're, you're being a dick. And you know, so, uh, but here's the other interesting fact uh, ironically, the voice of Jor-El in Smallville was provided by Terrence Stamp, who played Zod years before in the movies. And a lot of people thought, oh, that means that Jor-El is really Zod, you know, playing Clark. Mm. But no, yeah, it was yeah. never. It was just an Easter egg. Yeah. People are just getting confused by <laughs> lots of things. Conspiracy, everything like that. Uh, Zod was also a playable character in Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, but really, I think... In all the adaptations of stuff, the phrase kneel before Zod arguably has more of an impact culturally and, and in society as, yeah. as the character does. So like it became synonymous with just the character, but also just with any kind of, you know, kneel before me or something like that. So uh, and, and tons of geek shows like Family Guy, Robot Chicken, Supernatural, Kneel Before Todd, uh, Glee, <laughs> you know, uh, MSD3K have all had Kneel Before Zod jokes or have referenced General Zod in some way. Uh, finally, Michael Shannon will reprise his role as Zod in the upcoming Flash film releasing June 16th. Oh, so crazy that we release this episode right before the movie releases, Chris. <laughs> Who would have thought? That we would have thunk it. Alrighty. Well, now that we've talked all about General Zod, let's get a little bit crazy and move on to our next segment. What? what Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week, we decided to ask if you were the leader or general of an evil organization in comics, what would it be and who would you destroy slash conquer? Mm. Now, Chris, would you like to go first or second for this one? I'll go first because your answer is bonkers. So yes. uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, I would take over as a Supreme General. And I think we need a better a better leadership. So I would be general of the brotherhood or the leader of the brotherhood of evil mutants, but I'm going to rebrand because it's, you know, it's the 21st century. We shouldn't say brotherhood or sisterhood. We should, I'm going to call it the future mutant society. You know, very, very mm. PC. Yes. And, and they're not going to say we're evil mutants because bad guys don't identify themselves <laughs> as like, we're evil. We're the evil mutants. Evil. They're just going to call themselves mutants. Right. 
So right. that's why I'm calling it the Future Mutant Society. And members would include Mystique, Juggernaut, Pyro, Blob, Toad, Avalanche, Lady Mastermind, and Sabretooth. Sabretooth. That's how it's, that's how it's spelled, Sabretooth. Sabretooth. Sabre, like from The Office. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, of course we would try to destroy the uh, establishment of the humans that are wrongly accusing mutants and you know destroy all the sentinels and of course we would have to fight these annoying x-men that are that are trying to like oh, save the people that are trying to hate and fear us but but ultimately the future mutant society aka the brotherhood of evil mutants would uh, prevail because i mean who's not gonna who's gonna go against toad i mean like right we got an all-star lineup yeah, that's great. Looks perfect. Thank you. But you know what happens when something, when a toad is struck by lightning? <sighs> Never comes back for any of the sequels. <laughs> that's what happens. All righty. Now on to the insanity that is my choice for this what if. And let me just paint a picture. I, I mean, it's not, it's not surprising because if you know anything about listening to the show – Lance loves crossovers. That's I do. all we're going to say. Yes. So let me paint a picture. You are stranded alone in a world of nothingness. Things moving side to side. In a the, world. There is no way to escape, but somehow there is a sliver of hope. You, as General Annihilus from the Amalgam Universe, which, oh. was, which was only mentioned by Spider-Boy. They never had the appearance of General Annihilus. So this is General Zod and Annihilus amalgamated into one. That's right. I'm bringing in the Amalgam Universe. So yeah. I am going to have General Annihilus break out of what I'm going to call the Nega Phantom Zone, because you know you have the Negative Zone and the Phantom Zone, both for right. each of those respective characters. Oh, I love it. So General Annihilus is breaking out of that, and he is going to handpick other villains from the Amalgam universe. He's going to go and find Thanos' side, Dr. Doomsday, the Hyena, Bizarnage, Deadeye, Green Skull, Lethal, who I did not know the combination to before this, which is Craven and uh, the Cheetah, which is so cool. Uh, <laughs> Mistallo and the White Queen, which is basically just another name for Emma Frost, but in this one, it's Emma Frost and Killer, uh, Killer Frost together. Wait, is Deadeye, Deadpool, and Bullseye? Deadshot Bullseye. Oh, Deadshot Bullseye. Okay. Yep. And Bizarnage is Bizarro and Carnage? Bizarro and Carnage. Dr. Doomsday is Dr. Doom. And Doomsday, Thanos side is Thanos and Dark side. Dark side. And Hyena is Joker and uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Sabretooth. 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 Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't think about it because I was trying to remember the French pronunciation. Uh huh. And then, uh, Mistallo is Mysterio and Metallo. So that's, that's the lineup there. So we are going to form this, this team that I'm called Amalgageddon. And (laughs) we are going to go find the, uh, main continuity versions of ourselves to take them out to force the writers of the comic book community to write more amalgam stories because to fight the justice avengers yeah to fight the justice avengers but i no i want them taking out like i want them taking out batman captain america spider-man i want 
all of the characters, like I want them to take out Thanos and Darkseid and Doctor Doom. And uh, like I want them to take out main continuity characters so we get more stories from the Amalgam universe. So right. that because if writers can't use characters that are dead, then they have to tell stories for more Amalgam characters. So Amalgageddon taking everything out. Where it's uh it's like uh the whole Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. It's just the Amalgam this Amalgageddon kills Marvel and DC main continuity. That's what we're going for. General Annihilus. I like it. I just think it's so funny that, cause I was looking it up. I was like, Oh, I wonder if Zod does have an amalgam version because why would you not include that? And yeah, he's just a throwaway mention by spider boy. When he like falls into a dumpster, he just mentions general Annihilus for some reason. Uh, but yeah, he, we don't even have an image of him. So Chris, I think you have to be the person that designs General <laughs> Annihilus. Oh, gosh. All right. I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. That's, that's my choice. Sabre that's Tooth good... on both our teams. Sabre, Sabre Tooth. Sabre Tooth. So, hey, um, it's we, time... we, need to, we need to say this, though. We know how yes. to say Sabre Tooth. <laughs> yeah. We, the people need to know that because one of, one of our – uh, listeners did leave a review and asked us to do an episode on Sabretooth. So we will be doing an episode on Sabretooth at some point. We promise we will do that. We can't know wait to, to review Sabretooth. Oh, geez. It's time to close the book on General Zod. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close. But your comic books closer. Vigo Mortensen and Daniel Day-Lewis were both Mortensen. considered for the Mort Mortensen. What did yeah, I say? Vigo Mortensen. Okay. Vigo Morten Mortensen, I can't say his name. Vigo, Vigo Mortensen. 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 Yeah. Okay.